Dynamics Podcast. I'm Sierra Bryant. And this is Corinne Jones. And we are so super excited. It is another Womanomics Wednesday. We have the Godfather. <laughs> we have the Godfather blessing our podcast, our platform today. Thank you so much. Please, if I know you don't need an introduction, but give us one anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Liz, for the warm introduction. I appreciate that. I'm Andre C. Hatchett, uh, 16-year mobile notary, early veteran, um, notary enthusiast. Uh, we've trained a bunch of people. I, this business has helped me leave the full-time workforce. I haven't had a job in 13 years because of it. And I'm investor, proud Black man, and happy to be here with you ladies. Yes, we are happy have you that's amazing you said you haven't had a job in or a traditional nine to five in 13 years 13 years yeah that's amazing well first we have to start with our first and most famous question since you started us off like this please tell us when when did you know you could be an entrepreneur oh that's a good one uh when i was a kid when i was a kid i was one of those kids who so the, the the normal structure of life you get a job when you're maybe a teenager maybe in your early 20s um i wanted money early and i wanted independence early so i was selling candy at school shoveling shoveling snow when it snowed so i'm from new york so when it snowed we were enthusiastic <laughs> <laughs> enthusiastic we were out there getting busy me and my friend matt and my brother uh, and we got busy. We, we sold lemonade on the corner. So if I have to give you an age, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, I know I can get busy. I know that's right. That's yeah, I wasn't thinking about any of that at seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> even a little bit, like not even a little bit. I definitely was not one of those kids that like created their own business. You know, we hear about like the newspaper sweeping up at a barber shop or um, the lemonade stand selling candy. Like I, I did not have any of those like entrepreneurial juices literally until I think this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's common. And and for me, I my track was always to, to get out of poverty was to get a good government job or in mm-hmm. the private sector, just a very good job. And so that's what drove me. And like the whole idea of a lemonade stand, I felt like as a kid, it was cute. It's something that you can feel empowered about. But then when you grow up and you get in, you're ready for the real world as an adult, now it's time for a J-O-B. And so that has been in my life, like the, my biggest success story was to get a good paying job. And then when COVID hit, everything, my whole perspective changed. And then it opened me up to this world of people who, who have always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And mm. that, that type of person is made different. <laughs> and so that's why we always ask, like, when did you know you could be an entrepreneur? Because it, it has everything to do with how you see yourself, how you see yourself in the world, because the world pushes a certain type of economy where the most of us are workers and employed by someone else. So, yeah, that's a powerful question. And, and yeah, I'm new to it. I'm, I'm still trying to work on seeing it the way that a real entrepreneur sees themselves. Yeah. Well, so, so let me ask you ladies this. So, so what made you guys, what made you ladies become entrepreneurs? So for me, um, I was thrusted into it. I had a very, very stressful job at the height of COVID. I took a new job and it was directly impacted um, by mm. COVID. And so what the management position that I was in pretty much 
exploded and it was just so much pressure. I wow. have two children. So that meant that I'm managing them and they're not in schools, they're home. Um, I'm managing a new job with a team and the, the stress was out of this world. So I decided to leave. And then the intent was to just look for another job. And I realized, oh, the whole market is, the whole globe is shaking upside down and it may not be so simple. So my son says, mommy, just get a side hustle. And he's an entrepreneur. He's like you, where he felt like, you know, I want to make money. I want to create my own ever since he was able to even do anything. And so he was like, just get a side <laughs> hustle. And I thought that I was above having, you know, a side hustle a sound beneath me until I started to send me different things and I would look at it. And then I started seeing suggestions on YouTube, like most of us have said, mm -hmm. about becoming a six-figure paid loan signing agent. And I, I got into that when it was at the height of the refi period. Then, of course, that flattened. And it's like, okay, what you made of? What you going to do? And so oh, yeah. I, I can't yeah. unsee the freedom and the ability to create your own life now. I can't unsee it. So I've, I, have, I, have, I got a taste of it. And now I, I have this innovation inside of me that I have the ability to create whatever I want. I did not always believe that. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. And and, and, and here we are now. And how come y'all didn't ask me earlier to be on the podcast? Y'all said y'all are manifesting. Why did you just ask me? We were trying to let the universe do what it do. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Okay. But feel free to just ask next time. That's right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> We were we were definitely guppies in the game. I had to convince Corinne to even get on this podcast. So when sure. we were thinking about, you know, people that we wanted to bring in, like when I say like you were like up here, like we was down here, you was up here, we're like, I'm gonna work our way up, work our way up, work our way up. And we are like, I can't even believe that we are even here in season two, like talking to you when we just had this conversation in like what, June, July, like it's crazy, but I mean, yeah. yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for me, entrepreneurship, honestly, I took a leap of faith. I just mm. jumped. That's the best way to explain it. I jumped. I was at a job where I was working in corrections as well as um, opioid. Uh, it's, it's basically like opioid recovery. So I did like a startup program. I was a case manager. I was doing work that I wasn't passionate about. And I felt like I already got my master's degree. I paid off my car. I was currently living at home with my parents. So like, I didn't have any real, you know, bills or responsibilities in that regard. And it was like, if I'm gonna do it, I need to do it. My daughter's of age. And like I said, I can always find a job. I have a master's degree. I can always find a job. I didn't know that I could be an entrepreneur. I did not consider myself to even be creative. And now, being in this journey, you're, you have to be creative. So yeah, for my entrepreneurial journey, honestly, like I said, I just took the leap of faith and I was, I was just trying to get out there. I was trying to get out there. I was trying to get started, find my way. I had already got a master's degree. I had left a job that I feel like was stagnating me and just honestly really regressing in mm -hmm. my vocabulary and my work ethic. I was like, I need a challenge. I need a challenge. And what is more challenging than going out there and literally building a business from the ground up off of, you know, skills that you learn, marketing and just building relationships. Now I know that anything that I produce came solely 
solely from God, let's be clear, God mm -hmm. first, but <laughs> from my level of activity that I didn't think that I was capable of before because I was in a job that didn't require that of me. So entrepreneurship did a lot for me. It's definitely shifted my mindset every single day. I'm so surprised by the things that I see people do and what I do myself. I want you to try to make $5,000 a month on your job part-time. See if you can do it. Well, Beverly said, I started in June and I'm still part-time working evenings and Saturdays. You see the total. Hit us up now at thenotarybootcamp.com. Good stuff, good stuff. And do y'all have jobs now or are y'all full-time entrepreneurs? Full-time. Full-time entrepreneurs. Wow, all right, all right. Brave ladies. And so the thing is, like, entrepreneurship doesn't come without sacrifice. And I always thought it was like, okay, sacrificing, like, how you do life in terms of, like, being more frugal with your expenses, reinvesting and stuff like that. But I've also found that one of the sacrifices is the whole idea of security, the whole idea mm. of even if I do nothing today, a paycheck is on the way. All I got to do is show up somewhere and do a thing or look like I'm doing a thing and I'll get paid. And now it's like I have to literally create add value in some capacity in order to be paid. And so it's a lot of sacrifices that I've had to make, even with just retiring old mindsets. So that leads me to my question to you, like what has been your biggest sacrifice in entrepreneurship, especially because you have all this longevity. So I'm sure you've had to sacrifice a lot to withstand a lot of challenges. Yeah. So uh, going on trips when all your friends are going on trips, uh, destination weddings when 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 your friends are getting married and you can't go uh because either a you might not have the money or b you might need to run this business right now that you just started because you don't have a, a guaranteed check like they do in the next two weeks just just literally staying home so you can pay your mortgage and, and you can't and you can't go out so uh it's it's a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff in what and, and what I realized is the, is the people who are more successful are the people who just embrace it. So, so I tried to fight it and say, wait, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Because I left the job. That's why I can't do certain stuff. And it's tough to embrace, right? But once you do, it just makes the journey easier because you say, okay, look, I chose to do this, so I can't do this. I remember literally, yeah, what, I, don't know, I was probably 20-something, like mid-late 20s, and my, it was my was it a Halloween party my friends were having or my friend's wife's birthday and I, and I usually always go with this one my uh, in the inner circle friend and I like, man how come you didn't come I was like honestly I have to pay people <laughs> so <laughs> and then that was it it was just a go on a pay people and I always choose to pay people if, if it's if it comes down to one or the other so it's a it's a lot of sacrifices that those are some of them and here's the thing they're ongoing it goes up and goes down when you have to make more sacrifices than others. So yeah, your sacrifices, it's the name of the game. And and here's my philosophy that helps me out is you do what you got to do to get where you got to get. That's that. That's that. You do what you got to do to get where you need to get. I love that. And just because we are speaking about sacrifices and just transitioning from like that nine to five to that entrepreneurial mindset, do you have any tips or can you share like kind of what were uh, a little bit of your struggles with making that transition? Cause it's, it's strictly mental. And I think one of the yeah. things that you just mentioned that really just clicked for me is like, you can't, you can't 
go against the grain. Like, this is what you signed up to do. And I think we do kind of forget that because online, it's just so much happening. We just see people winning all the time. It seems like people just literally walk out the gate. I got my LLC yesterday. I'm making 10K this month and life is great. I'm, I'm going wherever I want to go. Like we sell the highlight reels. We sell the highlight reels, but we do not talk about the, tr the struggle and the transition and the mindset shift that you have to make. And that's really why we created this podcast because we want to give entrepreneurs their space to talk about their struggles so that other people can identify it, find the strengths in it and find the tools to keep them pursuing their dreams. So please share. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm actually I'm look like you said that. This is the, the quick, easy, simple, rich era. Quickly. Yeah. Out the gate. And I was like, oh my God. So first of all, I think some people get it like that, but the majority of people are lying. The high majority of the people are lying. And I wish people would stop doing it. I, I really wish we would because it, 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 it I, I see people who are literally depressed because they aren't millionaires at 28. Yeah. They're like down. Yeah. Like, yo, fam, like, can you chill for a second? <laughs> so uh, in my journey, I had left the full-time workforce and then I have to go back. So with two, damn, I'm old now. So 2000 and so, so the business rolling. Right, uh, it was the height of the refinance boom again. Go figure. So, two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, making three to five hundred dollars a day or more, at least three four days out the week, while having a job. So, so that's a, a lot of money. And and then loan closing stopped because of the recession that hit stopped abruptly, and that was my main service at the time. And I was dating a woman, she had a child, so I, not knocking anybody else, but I, I just never been the broke guy with a kid and all that stuff. That's just never really been my thing. So I, I went back to the job that I left. Uh, about six or eight months later, they were like, hey, I'm sure you're back. I was like, yeah, you, you guys, I saw you guys, I opened it. They were like, yeah, sure. So even though I didn't want a career, I'm never a bad employee, right? So I was actually hired back the same day when I stayed at the same job I was at. Uh, for 1860 now, I was there for another six or nine months, and then I left the full-time workforce again after that. So I had to go back. I had to go back. And in life, sometimes we have to go back. Now there's more flexible options for, say, Uber, DoorDash, Uber Eats, and there's the gig economy going on. So so maybe maybe people don't always have to go back to a job. But yeah, yeah, that's real life. That is real life. And if we just look at the numbers, only 10, maybe 15% of people make over $100,000 a year. This is government stats here. So some people sell this easy lifestyle out the gate. And, 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 and why I like to embrace the difficultness of things is because it's easier not to quit when you embrace how difficult it is. Hmm. That's a clue. When you just embrace it. And it's easier to stick with it. Yo, some days are going to be up, some days are going to be down, but I'm going to keep going every day. I'm going to do something every day. And when we sell the no work economy, but I'm going to make all the money economy, when you have to actually work, you're like, oh my God, this is depressing. How am I? She has $20,000. She's on the beach. Okay, maybe she is. But authentically, most people, it takes years to get there. So, yeah, but that's, that's one of my stories. I have to go back to the workforce. So what risk are you not willing to take? 
what risk am I not willing to take? Because we always talk about, you know, you know, where there's risk, there's reward. We have to take chances as an entrepreneur. We reinvest and all those type of things. But there has to be some level, some limits. And I don't know if it's a mindset limit, if it's just amount of money. I don't know. But I'm always curious about where is a person's limitations just as much as their perceived potential. I got the, the risk tolerance. Yes. The, the risk tolerance. So, so I always said if I can't pay my bills as an adult, the risk isn't worth it. Mm. Right. So some people would will they quit their job, they're making money as an entrepreneur, they're not making the money, and and they can't pay rent and they're still gonna hold out. Right. They can't pay the mortgage, they're still gonna hold out. I am not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm I'm not willing to do that. Uh, I, I don't think it's worth it. And and the backfire from that is, you know, damaged credit. You might be freaking homeless. The stress that comes with that. I'm gonna just get a job again for a while and just keep my business going and and, and and get back on my feet. So that's my threshold, right? That's my personal threshold. Is I'm not willing to uh, not eat and not pay my bills. Yeah, no, that makes sense because you're right. Some people will hold out and hold out and hold out just for the sake of not going back to a job. Because I do think a lot of the times in the media, it does seem like nine to fives and entrepreneurs are like pit against each other when it really should not even be that way. It really should be you keep your job for whatever reasons, whether it's insurance, whether it's for security, whether it's for connections. I mean, honestly, a lot of people underestimate the on-job experience and the skills that they gain that they can use in entrepreneurship like they they we always talk about transferable skills when we think about job to job we don't really talk about transferable skills when we're talking about like going from a job to building your own business so you know what were some of the things that you or some of the qualities or work ethics that you took over from your nine to five into your entrepreneurship that you feel like has contributed to a lot of your success and being in this game for as long as you have so so um, jobs give you structure right jobs give you structure and, and if you're able to manage a job and take so well, most about a job work at least what six to eight hours or so. So if you take that and you put six to eight hours in your business, most times you'll be successful, right? The, the majority of times you work, take the same hours and put it to your business, you'll be successful. Now, when I first left the job, I was, I was chilling. Excuse me, I was eating ice cream. I remember eating ice cream one day at like two in the afternoon, or like, <laughs> I was like, man, what am I doing? I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So. Uh, I, I quickly snapped out of that, and I and I just got back to okay. I, I worked for him or her for these hours. I'm going to work for myself for these hours. So jobs give you structure, and and here's the thing about jobs too is they give you, at, at some level, peace of mind, right? You, even if you're check the check, even if it's a stressful job, at some level you have some form of peace of mind. So if you parlay, if you parlay what you gave to the job into yourself you have a higher likelihood of success. And uh, I just did that. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. how do you manage your um, your business fears? Because we all have them. And then sometimes as your business grows, they just change into new ones. And, and it's important to, to manage those to continue to sustain success and to not give up. So how do you manage that? How do I manage my business fears? Well, I, I'm not saying I'm fearless, 
but, it's okay if you are. <laughs> but I just, I just embrace not winning at everything. So mm. not everything is going to be a win. And and my thing is, as long as I don't owe people money, I'm okay with losing. Mm. So some people take on investors for different things, and I have different operations. So if I say, hey, loan me $5,000, I'll give you back $5,500, let's say, in, in two months. Me not being able to pay somebody back, that would be a fear, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as I'm not in that predicament where I can't pay somebody back, I'm good. I'll I'll figure this thing out. But uh, owing people money is a fear. So even with some of my other endeavors, I've been not as risky as maybe as, as I could have been. I was like, you know, what if this doesn't work? Do I want to be able, am I going to be able to call them on Thanksgiving? Uh, let me think this one over a bit. So that's something that I, that's a threshold that I'm, I'm a little bit risk averse to is, is, is taking OPM other people's money. And if it's not like a damn near air quote, sure guarantee, um, I don't push that envelope very much. That's good. I like that. I wanted to ask, um, so we know in the notary business, we have our highs, we have our lows, right? We mm -hmm. have our really good months where we boom in the the title company is calling the people get hands done right every everybody on track and <laughs> your, your thumbtack is thumbtacking your google is googling everything is moving in the right direction and then you have those moments where it slows down and it's funny because i was talking to rafaniel stamp earlier this week on leveraging your l's and we were just talking about how people at the top of the year it's not as many people still out here you know, pushing this notary agenda, showing up for their business and stuff like that. So I would love for you to just share a story or a time where, you know, you felt defeated and you overcame it because being being in this business for as long as you have and being able to, you know, work with the ebbs and the flows of the business, like you, you've given a lot of gems already, just talking about how you embrace, you know, the struggle, you embrace the journey, you embrace problems because you want to find solutions, right? So how did you get to that? Was there like a pinnacle moment or a situation where it's like, listen, it's either plan A or it's plan A. And how did you get to understand like that? I like that. Plan A. So, That's so, my <laughs> Here's what I'm happy that I did, right? When I went back to the job, I still did the notary business in the evenings and you know, on weekends. That was so I easily could have said, man, I got a job. Actually, I actually had two jobs. I, I, I had a day, I had a day job, and I had an evening job as well, and I had the business. I'm glad I kept the business because I knew it worked. It just didn't work enough for me to pay all my bills, be in a relationship, and take care of a child, right? So I just kept the business going in the evenings and the weekends. And that was a bit of a defining moment because am I just going to quit completely? Am I going to go back to school? I was working as a teacher later. Am I going to become a teacher? Maybe principal and just not be an entrepreneur? Or am I going to stick to my plan and just do it a little slower than I thought it would go? And I did. I kept it going. Kept it going. So that's one of the major things. Some people, because the height, so we meet we, we people, what, we're doing, what, $500 a day, $1,000 a day, like it's nothing with the refis. 250 here, $100 here, 125 here, out the kazoo when people were rolling on the high. 
if you're still making a few hundred bucks a week, is it not still a win? Maybe people just have to do it less. So I would encourage people to evaluate what is a win. It might not be a 10, but is it like a four or five or a six? And just to keep the momentum going, because once people hit the feet, oftentimes they just give up. It's, it's a total loss, right? Like love didn't work out with this one person, maybe even two people, maybe even three people. Like there's a lot more people out there who will love you, <laughs> who, you <laughs> who you can rock with. But we let the sting of, of the feet stop us. So that was a defining moment for me is am I, am I going to keep it going or am I going to stop it? And I just kept it going. So for anyone out here who, who might have entered the Notre Game or another business, if you're still making money, if you're still cash flow positive, you're winning. You just might not be as winning as much as you once were. That mindset, that mindset shift, that's important. Some people, income is income. Yeah, and okay. some people feel like it's not enough compared to how how tired they may be. Or, you know, it, is it worth it? And I'm sure people question that. So that's definitely a different perspective because it's still a win. It's still a win. It's, it, it, and, and, and a lot of people, frankly, were used to the easy money. Mm-hmm. And now they have to work hard for the money. Before, they didn't have to make cold calls. Now they have to make cold calls. Before, they didn't have to follow up an email clients. They would email them. Now you have to follow up an email client. So now we're at a time where, where a lot of people actually don't have to go out of business if they don't want to. And, and I'm not someone who thinks that everyone needs to be a full-time entrepreneur their whole life. But now people have to actually do some more work. Now they have to ask for more Google reviews. Now they have to ask people to go to Yelp and leave them reviews after the assignment. They have to grind more. And there are people who just aren't going to grind. And, and I don't knock it. But know who you are and know who you aren't. And, and there's times when your marriage is going to be smooth. Oh, it is smooth as heck. And there's times where you need to go to therapy twice a week to save it. Are you going to just give up or are you going to go to therapy twice a week to potentially save it? Not everyone's built for the ground. That's good. And it is true because we don't look at it like that. We don't look at it in, you know, the different areas of our life. So for me, I'm always looking at, you know, how many tasks are associated with a particular assignment or, you know, something that I'm doing. And with me completing all of those tasks, Will the results of this give me, get me closer to whatever it is, you know, is my goal. So I really kind of identify with that. And I think that was the mindset shift that I had to take on between that and getting my reps in something that coach Bruce, you know, talks about a lot is getting your reps. Yeah. Shout out to coach Bruce, new skills, new you getting your reps in is so super important because a lot of our limitations are around perfectionism, trying to be perfect all the time, trying to show up as like the authority um, or like the know-it-all, the expert. And a lot of the times we just, we not that, it's so much information out here. Somebody always going to be quicker, faster, smarter, more developed, you know, than you. But what what we really get to that place is when we get our reps in. However many Mm -hmm. Is, all right, keep going. You're going to get better. You're going to get quicker. You're going to have better conversations when you're talking to people in the industry and stuff like that. So that's like really big. But one thing I want you to talk about or really emphasize is, can you share the importance of, you know, having belief in self? It's everything, literally everything. Um, it, if you ask the lady at the bar, she meets two people. 
one guy is better looking, but but he's not as assertive. Another guy, he might be average looking, he's more assertive. Most ladies will say they go with the more assertive guy who's not even as good looking, right? Same thing in business, same thing here in love. The person, uh, I, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I am not the smartest person. And, and some people say that and they're really, really smart. I'm really not like smart, smart like that. But I win because I just know I got to do it. I know I got to do it. Now, my time frame might change, how much effort I have, I have to put in my head. I might suggest that. But if you do not believe in yourself, you are never going to succeed. There is no other way to get it. There is zero other ways to get it than to have self-belief. And, and this is why I'm so big on acknowledging wins. Even when we were on our call with our child, was that two weeks ago or so? Uh, I, I asked people to like, what's going right? What is going right? And a lot of people have things that are going right, but if it doesn't look like what she has, if you don't have, if you aren't have as many views as her on TikTok, if you didn't make as much money as her on Instagram last month, now your life is in shambles. When if we look at, if we open up the PayPal or the Stripe, okay, maybe you didn't make as much as her, but did you make anything? Did something come in? Are you further ahead than you were two years ago? Right? Where where are the wins? Look at the wins. Look when you won and use the wins as momentum. Mm -hmm. Everyone got something going on positive. Let's use that as momentum. Now, let's not discount where we went wrong or, or, or what's not going right. You need to fix that. But if you build off of what you've done right, you have a higher chance of success. That sounds good. So recently, I got... Um... Someone started following me by the name of Andre Hatchett with like extra T's in their name and <laughs> extra, extra H's. And I knew instantly that it wasn't you. I'm like, oh, first of all, you're following me already. Shut up. But mm -hmm. um, someone, so when this person starts to follow me, I was like, they're a fake and whatever. And I know so many other fakes, but it made me think of this upcoming interview. And I thought like, wow, they don't know what it takes to be Andre Hatchet. They just created a fake account and gonna just try to live off of whatever. So that leads me to the question of who did you have to become to get where you are? So there yeah. are some people who may feel and believe that they they were already who they were meant to be, and that's what drove them to their levels of success. And then there are times with like someone like me, I realized I cannot be the same person who had that job and was overwhelmed. And in some ways I gave up by quitting because it was just too hot in the kitchen. And I was overwhelmed. So I know I can't necessarily have a, a breaking point like that. Maybe I could have gone a little longer. So my mindset has shifted when it comes to a lot of pressure. So I have had to become someone that has more tenacity and consistency and have a mm -hmm. bigger um, goal at the end that drives me even through the fire. So those fake accounts don't understand that. <laughs> they, they're trying to skip all the steps along the way and then just want to be Andre Hatchet and then eat off of all of your, your accomplishments. So who did you have to become to get where you are today? So we, we, we have to let the old us die sometimes. We need to let the old us die. And it's tough because we're used to thinking how we think. So now we have to have a whole new train of thought. I'll tell you who helped me keep it going and who elevated my way of thinking was Eric Thomas. Uh, I remember being in, in the library one day watching Eric Thomas. I was, I, I was I, I typed success on YouTube, typing success. I, it was one of those down days. And I, and I heard him speak. I was like, man, I thought he was talking to me directly, talking to me. I was like, yo, this is deep. So 
I I tap into other people when I'm not where I need to be. L- luckily, now I have friends I can tap into who I can tap into in real life and call or text and, and, and just get some encouragement from. But I have no problem tapping into other people who are speaking life and, and using their life. Jim Rohn, uh, Eric Thomas, and, and, and a bunch of other great people out there. I'm going to tap into where the energy is. We don't need to have it every day on our own. That's another thing. We don't need to have it every day on our own. We can use somebody else's energy. We can yeah. use someone else's belief to get us to, to, to get us to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I, I think maybe, maybe Bruce or 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 Raph said this. <laughs> tweet talk said that only losers think they're going to win all the time. only losers think we're going to win all the time so tap in with somebody it could be in real life a person yo I don't feel good today can you help pick me up literally these words can can you give me some motivation today Uh, can you tell me that's something I've done right before we don't have to do this alone like there are humans out here whether we're part of a a Pedro Todd or just a homie Get the energy you need from somebody else if you don't have it at that time. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful because it's it's very underestimated, and we're in this era where we can connect with people out on a massive scale. Like, yeah. just this podcast. Me and Corinne, I would have never met her. She lived in Maryland. I live in New Jersey, but we joined uh, Sophia Martin's mentorship class. Shout out to Sophia Martin, but you know, she connected us and we connected because we wanted to find a black woman to learn from. Mm-hmm. And then we started to learn from each other as black women. And then See we get a platform for more people to learn and broaden it to, you know, entrepreneurship and everything like that. But it's something about, um, you were speaking about just getting your fuel from somewhere else. So you can get it from people around you. Like you said, there's paid groups, there's clubhouses, there's YouTubes, there's Facebook. It's so much out there that people are just, you know, not really utilizing or underutilizing. And um, they're not using those kind of motivational stories and messages to really fuel them. So one of the things I would love to know is like, how do you start your days for success, like what is what does your morning look like? Do you have a routine? Do you set intentions, affirmations? What it look like? Good stuff. So it's not the same thing every morning. Uh, some things are different than others. So some mornings are are different than others. So, so sometimes I'll hit the gym. And if you let me if you're feeling down about yourself, you can never go wrong with hitting the gym four to five days a week. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling wow. down about yourself, no matter what's going on in your life, I haven't heard anybody ever say that they felt worse working out four or five days a week, right? So uh, some days it's the gym, some days it's the smoothie or a juice, some days it's, it's, it's literally in the mirror. I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. So it's not the same routine every day. I'm not that regimenting it uh, with it, but that's typically some variation of what I just mentioned every day in the morning. I love that. I love that because you don't feel the same way when you wake up. Like you have to wake up in the morning and take stock on where you're at emotionally yes, and then mm-hmm. 
find whatever you need to do to equip where you're at emotionally, whether it's a pick you up, whether it's to pour more into it and enhance it, whether it's to go off of that, you know, fuel that energy and just jump out and do something amazing today. Like it's, it's so many ways that you can start your day. So I love that. Cause I think a lot of the times we think that we have to do the same thing over and over and over again for, you know, it to become a habit and stuff like that. When yes, habits are good, but what's more important is, you know, checking in on yourself, checking mm -hmm. on where you at emotionally, checking on, yeah. you know, mentally and figuring out what you can do to push yourself in a more positive direction. If you feel yourself backsliding, we don't know that if we're not, you know, taking stock, we're just doing the same thing every single day. And I think it's also, I think it's equally as important to be able to reach out to other people. Like you said, I think a lot of mm -hmm. entrepreneurs um, have, it's a lonely road and that's mm -hmm. why it, you only see the highlight reels and the wins is some level of shame around not winning because most of us have jobs. And so when you jump out there to be a boss and you're not getting it like that out the gate, then you failed. So then you're almost like ashamed to reach out and be vulnerable and get the support. That's why communities, especially in this day and age, we have this, we have so much access to each other. And so to create mm -hmm. those communities and environments where you can kind of lean, lean on other people for support and not have to become, like my question said, all the things you need to be, you can mimic until you catch up to it. But speaking of mimics, so those who do like copy off of other people's um, business tactics or their strategies or even how they win, what are your thoughts on that? Like those who don't have, um, I guess, a unique quality in the marketplace what are your thoughts on those people they they aren't going to go anywhere <laughs> they, they they aren't going to go so 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 my thing is this if if i can't hit my number it's not because someone copied copied what i had going on it's because i didn't do enough so there's oh there there, there could be a right aid and, and CBS will put their business up right next to the friggin' right aid, right next door to the right aid. Or, or there could be CBS here, then one literally half a mile down the block, right? They aren't worried about it because they're just going to do what they do. So people copy, especially in this day and age. They, they, they even use the same name sometimes. It's, it's, it's a wild error. Are they going to do it? What are you going to do? So, so I try to control the controllables. And I can control if I run Facebook ads, right? If I run ads, if I go live and promote, if I do email marketing, I just try to control the controllables. And I don't, and I know that if, as, long, as long as I'm on my A game, and my A game might have to adjust. I might have to spend more money on ads one month. I may have to do uh, more in-person stuff. But as long as I'm at maximizing, operating on my, my max, operating on my optimal level, I'm going to win. So, it takes a lot of effort to go tell somebody, hey, man, you stole my stuff. You stole my stuff. You stole it, too. Why don't I just go win more? And and that's how I do it. That part. Because <laughs> 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 it's so true, and we see it so much. And I think, you know, we always try to figure out, like, okay, am I annoyed by this? Is it flat Am I flattered by it? But it really don't matter. Like, you know what I mean? It really does not matter. It's, it's other people living your life just live your own and they're going to keep trying to live yours. And that's just how it goes. So I'll yeah, that's it. That's the one. Cause it, it does happen a lot. And I think it does get a little discouraging and everything in the notary world. It's like, 
it's a very what's the word I'm looking for it can be like a very repetitive like market or industry so I think it is very easy for things to get just replicated over and over and over again and yeah. I think if you're able to come up if you're able to offer unlimited value then where's the threat right I think mm -hmm. if we if, if someone if someone takes something from me if I if it's perceived that someone took something from me so I can't win it's also suggesting that that's all I have Bingo, yeah. bingo. If you, let's say this, if you are on, if you're calling title companies old uh, for an hour a day, if you're putting out five podcasts a week, how, if you're putting out 10 TikTok videos a week, 10 Instagram posts a week, how can you not win? Mm -hmm. Like, it might take more from us to win to get to our, if we're talking about dollar number, our dollar number. But we have, we literally have a lot of avenues to hit our goals. If we're doing, if we're doing a lot of these avenues, we're going to hit it. It's just, when are we going to stop? Are we going to stop? Oh, I'm tired now. I will to take a nap and get back to work. <laughs> oh, man. We got to get, you got to come back to the mastermind more, um, more often. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's the energy for me. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to the Charles is my boy, bro. Charles is my boy. Shout yes. out to the mastermind too. Shout out to my man Stanford too. Yes, yes. So our favorite question, and you know what we really, really want to know the most from you is what are some tools? What are some tools to help people reframe the limitations of their mind? This one's a tough one. And uh you you have to stop talking to people with a pessimistic mindset. Mm. And most of those people are our family and maybe childhood friends. Yeah. You have to stop talking to them. And then some people say, well, she's a great mother, she's a great aunt, he's a great brother. They might be, but for wh where you gotta get to mentally, you have to avoid negativity at, at all costs like the plague. And most people, that one thing right there, they aren't willing to do that. They, yo, you're negative. And, 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 they, and they say they in their own variation, but you're negative. Right now, I need six months to kick my mindset. We can't talk much. We we can't talk because every time we talk, you're bringing up something negative. You ever talk to those people who are, who are really good people, actually, and, and, and they're not bad humans, but their mindset is limited and their mindset is based around negativity. I can't do that and win. Yeah. I can't. I literally physically can't. You, you're going to drown me and weigh down what I got going on. And especially now in us in this digital age, our energy and how happy we are and how uplifting we are translate to direct sales. You get on live and you have a smile on your face, you're going to sell some ebooks or some courses. You're down, less likelihood that you're going to sell some stuff. So we need to guard our energy from people we love. Mm -hmm. And that's really a tough thing that a lot of people have, especially our people have, have a hard time doing that. Yeah. Be okay with them being upset with you too. That comes with it. <laughs> Embrace it. They are. And, and they're going to guilt trip you. It, it, it's cool. Rock out. You got a goal to hit. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's a big one. Definitely the unity of who you surrounding yourself with who you sharing your plans and your goals with like like you said or Corinne said earlier a lot of people are on this entrepreneur journey alone 
them. They don't have their family and friends. They don't have, you know, that type of support system. They're in a, a industry that people don't even know existed or heard of. Like when I told people I was leaving my job to be a notary, they're like, what the hell is that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, oh, you can't make no money for no-. like, you know, and then like you said, all of those negative thinking start coming in and it's like, ah, you haven't even done a fraction of the research that I have to even get me to the idea that this is a viable business. So I love that because it's true. And sometimes we do have a hard time kind of like letting go, but we don't realize that that is really what's hindering us. That's, that's what's holding us back. You got it. I love that. Well, please um, share with us some of the things you got going on. Tell us about the notary business school and every way that we can get in contact with you, learn from you. You are a veteran in the game. So much respect. Highly distinguished. Everybody know Andre Hatchet. That's why you got <laughs> 60 million Andre Hatches with extra letters following They're people. wild. <laughs> <laughs> and they message people too. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're wild. Oh. Uh, but yes, uh, honored to be here, ladies. Thank you guys and I'll uh, continue on your journey. And here's the thing. You never know who, who would rock with you. So if you have someone on your list, y'all need to reach out to them because I would have been done this. I, I would have been done it. Uh, <laughs> So, but anyway, uh, Andre Hatchet, follow me on Instagram, follow my YouTube channel. I released my new clothing line, ownerbeown.co. Grab some stuff for the winter. Ownerbeown.co. Check out uh, the, the, the notary bootcamp if you want a beginner's guide to get your notary business going. And I'll subscribe and follow these ladies and give them a five star review. Yay. Thank hey, you thanks. so much. My biggest takeaway today is just ask. <laughs> You don't know. I mean, I, I came into the saying, you know, we manifested Andre Hatchet on our podcast, but then you said, well, why didn't you ask? Could have been earlier. <laughs> just ask. Just ask. And and in all things that we do, who yeah. says it's not possible? Who says that we have to earn a certain amount of stripes or do or put a certain amount of effort in to just get whatever it is that we want? Just ask for it. So thank, thank you me. so much for sharing space with us. We are eternally thank grateful. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yes, my biggest takeaway is embrace the journey, embrace the struggle, mm. embrace, you know what, actually, my favorite quote from today is only losers think they're going to win all the time. I'm telling <laughs> that stick with me for the rest of my life, because <laughs> I think I'm a loser. Like, I think I was a loser be right before this interview. Like, I think I was a loser. So <laughs> I appreciate you for helping me embrace my winner mindset. So thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> We appreciate you for coming and sharing this space with us. You guys already know. We appreciate you. This is Soul Care for Entrepreneurs. Every Woman on Mix Wednesday. Season two is just revving up. Um, We're just so excited. Thank you so much, Andre. Corinne, you got any final words? That's all. Thank you. Until the next episode. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Podcast. 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 Podcast.